Separation will arise in our lives, but you gotta be smart about it. Separation. <laughs> I miss you so much. Come back. Oh, jeez. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 11 of Making Movies in My Mom's Basement. Feels like we've done way more to me. We I guess we have, we have done way more. Yeah, we've we, not we, released them. Exactly. We recorded The Departed, didn't work. We recorded Gone Girl three times. Yeah. It's just, it's been a mess. Welcome back to this week's new episode. We are talking about a separation. Yeah, non-English. Keep, uh, keep keeping it classy. Yeah. yeah culture. We, are, we are high cultured, high brow. We, we, we are woke here. We, we watch foreign films. Oh, yeah. That is, a, I remember that was a thing before. Everyone's like, oh, I watch foreign films. I'm so, like, impressive. I'm so smart and shit. I, uh, I met this guy in, uh, in Abu Dhabi. Um, and I was telling him I, I love movies. I was telling him the movies I love. And he's like, Psh, you watch mainstream movies. You watch movies like this fucking German one, this Polish one. And I'm like, fuck, man. <laughs> oh, he thought your foreign shit was mainstream. No, no, no. He thought my movies I liked, like Goodfellas, Back to the Future. He's like, that's too mainstream, man. Oh, okay, okay, okay. He's like, watch watch Polish movies. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know any Polish movies. Watch uh, Ashes and Diamonds. Like, I'm not against foreign movies at all, but I think it's a weird thing to criticize someone on. Yeah, that guy was just jealous of, like, your beard or something. He was jealous that the Thai girls thought I was from Spain. Oh, oh, nice. Yeah. Shout out to the Thai girls. <laughs> Were they hot? Uh, one was okay. They red light worthy? <laughs> red light worthy? That was actually, oh man, this is going to get cut, but that was an amazing conversation I, I had with them about like Thai, like lady boys. Yeah. It's a thing there. It's such a thing that, like, they have no almost stigma on, like, transvestites. Oh, wow. And they even have a game show where a guy has to guess if a if a woman is a girl. woman or a ladyboy. Yeah. Oh, wow. So interesting. Wow. The, this, it's an interesting country that, like, doesn't give a shit about, like, trans uh, like transgender people. If you're hot, you're hot. Basically. <laughs> I like it. It's, uh, if I can put it in, <laughs> it's a win. <laughs> an old tie saying yeah. <laughs> yeah. translated roughly it, that reminds me for like the inglorious bastards like oh if the shoe fits it'll i'll choke you bitch <laughs> who says that christoph waltz it's christoph that, waltz it's my version of it okay all right talk about a separation talking about separation by any movie ashgar yes. Ferrati, written and directed um not sure the name of the actors and i'm not gonna Brilliant actors. Really good. Kudos. You you killed it. I was actually... Uh, whole movie. Firing all cylinders. Yeah. Everything. I, I was especially impressed by the guy who played the father. The, uh, like, the main one. No, no, no. Sorry. The, uh, the grandpa. With Alzheimer's. Oh, the grandpa. Yeah. Because like... I don't know. It, that's an emotional role to, to take. Like mm-hmm. as like... Because like you're like an old man who maybe has kids. This is a very like vulnerable role to take. Yes. Yes. Right. To be like... Good job in, on the pronunciation there. Thank you. I've been practicing. Yeah. In the shower, in the mirror. Vulnerable. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Um, so just as the previous podcasts have been, we're going to split this up into sections. So we're talking about the camera, the writing, um, and the editing. Yeah. Bunch of shit. Bunch of shit. And as usual, there's always like 
a million things we could say about this movie. We try to condense it down to like 12 to 14 points just to get our like main highlights out. And what we think is more unique about this movie. Exactly. All right. First point. First section, camera. The first point, something you noticed. Bah, bah, bah. Is that our theme? Yeah, yeah. Our like Seinfeld. I love air horns. <laughs> All right. So um, what are we talking about? Okay. Yeah. So very first shot of the movie. Um, it kind of, I don't know, establishes what the what kind of what the audience's role is in the movie so um the camera is so the main characters are talking to a judge and they're making their case oh i should have the kid and the other and the dad saying this and the and the woman the wife she's saying i should have the kid uh, i'm sure there's more details there are more details that but that's a general idea the camera's position where the judge would be so the characters are essentially talking uh right at the judge and talk essentially they're talking to us the audience right and they're making the case to the audience like so it's, right, yeah, like it. It's a very like interesting position to be from the beginning of a movie. Yeah, right. We're in the position of someone judging yeah. two characters that you don't know. Yeah. So right away, the movie's telling, okay, who whose side are you on the dad side? You're on the mom side. Yeah. So to me, this reminded me of uh, that Kurosawa movie, that like hack Kurosawa movie, no, just uh, Rashomon. Yeah. Where same thing, he would all the main characters. They're always you never see the judge. They're just talking to the camera. Right. And we ju- we choose. Because that movie's about whose story do you believe? Right. Same thing. It's a great technique and uh, really highlights a thing that we really love that um, when the audience participates in the right. movie. And it's something, uh, it's a great bookend as well because at the end of the movie, Same once, thing. Once on, one, yeah, the, the camera's at the judge's position and now we're looking at the daughter and saying, okay, who are you going to choose? Which parent are you going to choose? Yeah. Like after this whole movie, you've seen the yeah. whole movie, you've, you've seen the pros and cons of both of the parents. Yeah. Who do you choose? Yeah. Great bookend. So good, man. One of the most unique uh, audience participation, audience participation award. Audience <laughs> goes to this movie. Yeah. <laughs> All right, next point. Next point. Uh, this is a quick one, and it's kind of obvious, but I just want to point it out. Um, how to establish just the dynamics of characters uh, just through, like, showing them in different places. So Framing. Framing, yeah, exactly. Um, so th- this movie, the maid and the um, daughter of the main family, uh, they don't really get along. Um, and this is, like, established pretty much immediately. You see the maid with her daughter in one shot, and then you see a shot of the of the daughter of the main family you never see them together like in the same shot so very clear okay they're not really close done yeah without sound you know okay i know what the relationship is like here okay so next point so i want to talk about this movie has a very distinct lack of insert shots and for a very strategic reason because i think if it had insert shots it would totally change the movie right so the main, like, one of the main mysteries of this movie is, like, who took the money, right? Mm-hmm. We don't know, like, where the hell it went. We find out. Do we, we find out later. We never actually find out, right? We never find out. The, you have the to rewatch it. We think it's the maid. You, yeah, you have to rewatch it and, like, pay attention. Okay. Right. Yeah. So the whole time we're like, okay, who, who knows who took the money? Do we believe? It's another thing, like, judge these people. Do you believe the maid or do you not believe the maid, right? Yeah. So, but in the, being the movie, we actually do see the mom. She actually t- totally takes the money. Yeah. But it's us in a very, like, it's a shot that doesn't draw attention to itself. We're just following her, going to a room. She take, and then that's it, right? And the and the topic of conversation in that scene, like while you see the shot, is the mom is talking to her daughter about leaving. So there's like bigger things happening. There's other shit going on. Money yeah. being taken, right? So because of that, okay, we don't know that the whole movie hinges on we don't know who took the money. To me, most movies, maybe I'm presumptuous of me, but 
a lot of like movies would show like a close up of oh she took the money right right it's just I don't know it's just kind of like this is I don't know a thing when you make enough movies you just feel like oh that needs a close up right you might not know what the implications are of putting a close up there but you're like oh you need one it's like what is she doing right right you just you just do that shit but if she took the close up if sorry if we saw the close up we would have known okay she had the money movie totally changes because now the movie's running on like dramatic irony right and now we're just gonna feel like kind of like shit the whole time yeah while they're we'll, fighting we'll know that the maid is innocent because we yeah. see her take the money and then we're like oh poor woman we're like gonna uh align ourselves with more with her yeah and this world and because taking the money is kind of what like fucks up it's what starts the whole plot of like the woman getting pushed right right it's all because of this shit um the whole time would have just been like fuck just feel bad to me, I, I dubbed this the end of John Malkovich moment, mm. where you know you know John Cusack. Spoilers, I don't care. <laughs> John Cusack is um, entrapped in this like little girl's mind, but like the parents of the little girl don't know this. Yeah. So to me, I'm like, this is just creepy. I feel weird. John Cusack is like a weirdo by this point in the movie. Right. It's like he's just like, is he gonna like be able to take control of this girl? I feel icky. I get an icky feeling. I'm it, like, that's what this movie would have become. It's crazy. Like one insert shot changes this from a from a movie about like sympathy to judgment now we're judging because we don't know if she took the money so we're kind of like did you take the money yeah so it yeah entirely you're, changes. You're, like, the audience's yeah. relationship to the movie totally changes entirely because of one insert shot that's yeah. insane it's, that, probably, that's it's insane. insane right yeah it's an interesting choice and to to not include the insert shot yeah it's yeah. like it's like bananas movie making to me this is so fucking good all right that does it for camera and i said bananas he said bananas. <laughs> uh, that's it. Folks, do a shot. He said bananas. Uh, <laughs> all right. Next, writing. Writing. Next section, writing. All right. You, you take this. Uh, so the thing I noticed in this movie, both macro and micro, uh, this movie just has crazy domino effects happening. So, uh, and, 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 what, what, and what, is the, what is the effect of that? The, the effect of that is it makes this movie feel less like a family drama and more like a thriller. Like, it, this is an action movie. Yeah, it totally feels like one. Yeah. So just in the macro, quickly. So the domino effect of the movie is mom is is divorcing dad. So because of that, she's moving out because of that. Um, the movers are there, but they don't know that it's a third floor. So she has to get more money. So she takes the money without telling dad because they're fighting because the beginning because she takes the money it begins the whole mate plot every so every just like everything is cause and effect st- yeah like not st- stumbles into each other this movie is um it's one of her favorite shows seinfeld because <laughs> in seinfeld everything is a network yeah a character does character sneezes in the a plot the d plot someone dies exactly but in this sneeze, yeah. it's it's more like one character yeah does just one one character yeah yeah and, and it's all like revolving like around the same plot. Seinfeld has four separate plots. This has one main plot of the m- maid issue. The maid issue and the divorce. Yeah, exactly. But mostly the maid thing yeah. when it kicks in, yeah. And this happens again uh, when the grandpa gets out. This is kind of repeating this myself. Is a, this is a micro, though. Yeah, it's a micro example of in one scene how it dominoes. Um, so this is a scene where the maid is taking care of the grandpa and he gets out. So what happens is the maid is cleaning. She's She's distracted so her daughter is playing with the grandpa's oxygen tank which wakes him up which is very a very tense scene because you think she's gonna kill him great one of the great like suspense scenes i've yeah. seen in, like in the past like 10 years yeah it's very successful yeah so because the daughter is playing with a tank it wakes up the grandpa the maid then asks the daughter to help her take out the garbage and she spills the garbage 
then the maid has to go and clean the garbage, which means she has to clean the floor, which makes it wet, which later comes back to bite her because it makes her fall. Then because she's distracted by cleaning the stairs, the grandpa gets out and gets lost. So the maid then has to go out and get him, which leads to another tense scene where we're like, oh my God, is she gonna get hit by a car crossing the road to try to save the grandpa? Which then dominoes to the very end of the movie, like. 50 minutes later, where we find out that she might not actually have lost the baby to falling down the stairs. It might have been because she got hit by a car, which we don't even find out she gets hit by a car when we see the scene. It doesn't resolve at that moment. It resolves like much later on. It's a huge like hype man. This movie is a movie of momentum. Strong momentum. It's a snowball. It just keeps getting bigger and builds and builds and builds and builds and builds. So watch for the domino effects in the movie because it is like... The, it gives you that thriller feeling yeah. so strongly. This movie does not feel like a family drama. Not at all. It does, like well, like I don't know, like we'll say Kramer versus Kramer because that's a close thing. It's close. It's 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 about family divorcing and dad having to deal with that. But it's very much just focus on the dad. So you just like follow his journey, and it's more like emotional journey. And Meryl Streep is an Indian giver <laughs> in Kramer versus Kramer. This is one of the most offensive terms I've heard. It's funny though. So I'm okay. It's like these people gave you like hospitality. I know it's awful. And then you're like, oh, you want it back? Yeah, you little bitch. It's awful. Oh, now I feel bad about that joke. Yeah. Ah, she's an Indian giver. She's whatever. Okay. She Indian gave a kid. She Indian gave a kid. <laughs> I want my kid back. Okay. Next point. Next point. Using culture for conflict. This is a good. Uh, this is a good Snickers bar. It's a good Snickers bar. Can we bar. explain what our Snickers bar thing is? No, so we can get into that quickly. It's uh, a term we learned uh, watching the behind the scenes of Seinfeld. So uh, a very like uh, like impressive writing thing in Seinfeld is their situations feel unique and yet realistic because what happens is they actually draw from their life and what they've experienced or heard about, which is the Snickers bar story where there's an episode in Seinfeld where Mr. Pitt, Mr. Pitt is eating a Snickers bar with a fork and knife and this was written into the episode because one of the writers, their friend in university would do the same thing. He'd have a Snickers bar with a fork and, yeah. and knife. So there's these like small things where when, when when you're pitching a story feel like the most mundane thing, but to a person to to a person that you're pitching to, it's like holy shit! I've never heard of that. That is so specific. It's authentic, and unique, and authentic. Yeah, it's not a story which was often pitched to Seinfeld writers, where it's like, oh, what if George is seeing a transgender person and he thinks it's a lady, but it's a man? It's like, okay, that's funny in theory, but it's like it's not specific enough. It's not something that actually happens. Or if it did happen to you, you're you're not finding the specific angle to like that you can, story. Like you can think of that like pretty quickly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So this movie is full of of Snickers bars or like specificity because purely because it's in a different like culture, different part of the world. Yeah. Exactly. It it applies. It draws from its like settings very appropriately to get conflict. And the best of that is like yeah, it, it's. Basically, the maid's conflict in the first half of the movie is she can't take care of her dad or, or she she can't take care of the grandpa, which is her duty, because the grandpa is helpless and he needs to go to the bathroom and he and she needs to take him. She has to, to take his bathroom. pants off. That's exactly. Saying. And her religion is preventing her from yeah. being intimate with another man. Yeah. So, it, yeah. She even like she calls her friend is like, is this a sin if I take him to the bathroom? And then at one point, her her daughter's like. It's okay. I'm I'm not gonna tell dad. It's like such a big deal for her to be doing this. Yeah, yeah, it's you. Yeah, right. So that's just conflict from religion, from from it's like a, culture. Yeah, that's really like just emo- you're not gonna see that like in some Hollywood movie. Exactly. Yeah. Second, I, guess I would say like Catholic Boston 
movie. You need to get Boston in there. That's all. You need to get Boston. I'm done. The second great way it was used was the main dad did not actually know the mate was pregnant because of the clothing she was wearing, the religious cultural clothing, the chemise, which hid her like belly, which is like a very like clever way to like have conflict due to like just clothing. Yeah. Very specific. Yeah. To the culture. Yeah. Fascinating. Fascinating. So Snickers. Look out for the Brampton movie we, we make, which will have very, I don't know, Brampton tings in it. I'm not sure what it's going to be yet. We'll see. We'll see. It's going to be something. It'll be a thing. It'll have Snickers. I don't care, but I want Snickers. Exactly. Give me a Snicker. <laughs> All right. Next uh, point. Can I talk about this one? Yeah. Okay. So this is a, this is maybe my favorite thing that Ashgar Farhadi does. And I've noticed it in three of his movies now. And I think it's like, it's absolutely genius. So in this movie, this is a scene where um, the maid is like looking for um, the grandpa and she's trying to find him. She's like, where the fuck did he go? Right. So she's running around the street and this whole time um, you'll notice that like the cars are the sounds of the cars are getting louder Mm -hmm. and louder and louder and louder. And it's shot with like a telephoto lens. So the cars like they're really big in the frame and. With telephoto lens, like lateral movement is like ex- is accentuated, yeah. so the cars are seeing way faster, right? They're, they're 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 like zipping by in the foreground, and you're like, this is danger. Yeah, like it's I like feel right in front of there's her. a sense of violence. Yeah. for the cars, right? Like yeah. they feel like fucking knives. Yeah, and because that, I'm like, I'm feeling this like tension, 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 right? And it's building, it's building, and then it just cuts, and now we're we're back to the apartment. And everything seems okay. Yeah, it's like, right? what the hell happened? And so what happened? We realized later that's when she actually got hit by the fucking car, right? But to me, this is so good. Because, like he always, like uh, how do we call? It? We call it the butt of the scene, right? That scene was going one direction. The butt would have been, oh, but she's running. She's like looking for the grandpa, but she got hit by a car. Yeah, exactly. He always cuts out the butt, and to me, that's like kind of it's a huge plot point. And you find, I guess, the cutting out the butt. It's just like it leaves this tension. We're never released of the tension. Yeah, it's like we're like fuck, and then it stays and it stays for the rest of the movie. Like, just that feeling, like, fuck, like, something was off. I don't like this. Yeah. He does this in, I don't want to spoil the other movies, but in About Ellie and The Salesman, same thing. When, like, the main plot point, the inciting incident, the bad shit happens, it's always the same thing. Sounds get louder. Um, in About Ellie, like, we hear waves crashing. They get louder. The editing gets faster. Then cut. Then we don't see what actually happened. Right. And then the whole movie revolves around the mystery of what the hell happened. Right. Salesman, same thing. We see a door slowly open. It just and we're just staying on the door. And it sounds getting louder, and we cut. Right. And we comes back. Then we see what actually happened. It's a it's a great way of building and then prolonging tension. Prolonging tension, creating mystery. Yeah. yeah. To me, it's yeah. From one cut, you go from tension to mystery in a single cut. Dope technique, man. <laughs> Dope technique. Blown away. Next point: external conflict. Okay, most family drama pictures, it's always about. There's a lot of like internal feelings, right? Oh, I don't, I'm, I feel sad because this happened, blah, blah, all that type of shit, which is good. It works, right? But that makes it feel like a family drama. One another reason this movie feels like a thriller, like a fucking roller coaster ride. Yeah. The conflict is always, characters always want a thing. Yeah. That's like, you can like, how, like for example, it's like, oh, I want you to leave my house. Right. I want you to pay me money. Right. It's like, it's never like. Oh, I feel bad that she was like being mean to my grandpa. It's not watching that. I like want to like humiliate you right now. Yeah. Like internal things like that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's like, so it's intention obstacle, Sorkin intention obstacle shit. Yeah. Where I remember when I, that this movie has always been what my, what my understanding of intention obstacle was. Right. Give me a thing. I want a thing. I want you to 
leave my house. Right. Not, yeah, not what you said. Not, I want to humiliate you. I want to vent. That's right. no intention, but that's more internal. And that doesn't, that doesn't necessarily always lead to conflict. Right. Right. Yeah. It's, it's a very specific way to apply the, the intention obstacle format. Yeah. To like a family trauma. Yeah. And so that, that, that's the main thing. Then it's just other like real Hollywood shit that they like Hollywood movies are, Oh, you need stakes. You need ticking time bombs. Right. And they have all that shit. The mom has to get her visa in 40 days. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Can't just chill here forever. Right. Yeah. There's always like, I think we, this is a good time to go into it. This feels like the most Hollywood movie I've seen. Yep. Even though it's a foreign movie, it feels like like some like writer here wrote it, which makes sense because it was nominated for best yeah. original screenplay, which is like very rare for a foreign yeah. film. So movie. that's actually funny. It's like they just nominated the movie that's most like their movies, yeah. which is just kind of funny. Or as Jake Gyllenhaal has said, the most alien movie <laughs> he's ever seen. There's a quote from Jake Gyllenhaal where he says this movie is alien as fuck, it's, and then that he likes Jerry Maguire. <laughs> he loves this movie. He's like, he's like he's like this is like a Terrence Malick movie. I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah, what? what? Acid, were you on? Yeah, this. Were you probably making Prince of Persia? Oh no, oh. I haven't. Lame. I haven't seen Prince of Persia. It's okay. <laughs> it's it's just okay. Okay. Next point. Okay, so this is a quick point on just what is keeping the m- momentum going. So this movie st- uh, starts off as a divorce uh, family drama, and then it becomes a thriller kind of about the maid being pushed. It's a fucking mystery suspense plot. Right, but between these two plots, there's a bit of a lull, I guess, of, like, neither plot is really kicked in yet, right? So, like, the, the, the thriller plot kicks in 40 minutes in. Yeah, exactly. And the divorce plot has already kicked in, but it kind of settles because you expect Kramer versus Kramer. You expect the dad not to be able to cope with the new situation, but he copes very well. So you're kind he of... He seems pretty good at it, Yeah, too. You're, you're kind of left with, like, okay, well, what's the conflict? And the conflict is, okay, dad's fine, but we're also going to cut to maid is, like, struggling to deal with... De- the grand the grandpa who has alzheimer's and she has to deal with her religious conflict and all these conflicts are happening for her while there's really no conflict for the family itself that's why they brought in the snickers bars exactly so it's it's a part of the reason why we've like stressed that this movie's like a thriller it's like a roller coaster it doesn't let you go there's no real like moment of like there's lack no, of conflict there's no chill yeah exactly next point the ambiguous ending i like that this movie doesn't have a clear cut um uh, like we don't see who the the young girl, the daughter, who she picked as her parent that she's gonna stay with. Right. So a okay, automatically the movie ends with raising a question, and I like these type of movies because after the movie's done, you're still thinking about the movie. You're still like you're still like oh I wonder like who would I have picked all this shit right. The movie doesn't leave your mind. It's the opposite of something to me. Okay, this is literally why like MCU just fucking like one of the reasons it took off. Like, motherfuckers, they did the post-credits, which is always they raise a question in the post-credit. So now you're like, oh, okay, now I need to see what's going to happen the next thing. Right. This movie, it's just... Stay tuned next time, folks, to see what Goku does. <laughs> Straight up, right? Yeah. That's what this movie did. Um, but instead of actually... No separations, instead of having that, it's just, I don't know, it makes you think more. Just It's one reason why I like Chinatown. I'm going to spoil Chinatown. Oh, no, you've seen Chinatown. You haven't seen it. Okay, so Chinatown has a very, I'll say it has a very dark ending. And to me, a dark ending stay with you way more right. than when everything is all tied up and happy. Because right. you've released me. You've given me permission to forget about this. Right. It's the whole uh, Nanette thing, this, the stand-up special. Have you seen it by Hannah no. Gadsby? No. So she talks a lot about like... What's her name? Um, Hannah Gadsby. She's an Australian okay. comedian. Okay. So she, she talks a lot about that like 
comedy being like that you make someone feel very tense and then you release the tension and yes. you're left like feeling good yeah but in this like special she left people feeling tense yeah on, on purpose because she was like i i want you to feel attention that i felt in my life right so that's what this movie does it left it it, it leaves you feeling tense and you still feel that message yeah. at, at, at the very end of the movie i remember like when i finished watching this movie that day like i just i was in a mood the whole day yeah i'm just like just like not like i wasn't necessarily like think oh who would i pick but just like yeah, my mood was affected yeah if it was happy i'd be like okay thanks you gave me a good time and and like not every movie i think should do no. this like no 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 like, raiders of the lost ark shouldn't end with hitler getting the ark and fucking like killing everyone and leaving with that like, it's it, it's a fun that movie be, i would love that it's, uh, it's a great twist right <laughs> but it's like you're these are like popcorn fun yeah movies that that's not their purpose they're escapism exactly like separation is not escapism it's not yeah, very much. Uh, or as uh, Jake Gyllenhaal says, it's like a fucking alien world, man. It's not real. <laughs> Next point, great characters. This is a very obvious point, uh, but none of the characters here are clear, good or bad, black or white. They're all but, gray. But it's absolutely necessary for this whole movie to work. Yeah, because you need to be conflicted about, on who to cheer for. It, this makes you an, an active member yeah, of the this audience. This movie is about judgment. You exactly. cannot... if. You, you start as a judge and you end as a judge. It's yeah. truly about judgment. If the, if, if it's okay, if it's okay, hey, this guy's good, this guy's bad, it's like, yo, clearly this is easy. Exactly. Need to make characters uh, murky for a good you reason. You can go into like how, how the like the quick examples of how so, yeah, they did it. Very quick. Mom, her cons are okay. You really know she wants to leave the family. That's bad. But pros, you learn that she actually wants to take the husband with her. She wants to go because she wants to go to the States for a better life for her daughter's future. And as everyone knows, the States is the best country in the world. Yeah. And the judge is taking the dad's side. So it kind of like frames her as the underdog. So you, you're kind of on her side. The dad, okay. Cons, he won't let his wife make these pretty good decisions for the family and for the daughter. But the pros are he he actually has a father who has Alzheimer's and who he doesn't want to leave behind and he wants to take care of. And he's a good father. He's like a good father to his daughter. So it's like, okay, you don't want to see them separated. So it's like, okay, hard to pick sides right now. Yeah. It's like kind of like conflicted throughout. I, I like how... These characters, to me, like you, they're almost like designed. Like you know, a lot, a lot of times you think about, oh, I'm gonna write a character. How do I make an interesting character? I'm gonna like make them like talk like this. I'm gonna give them a funny hat. It's like just like shit like that, right? This was literally like, okay, I'm just gonna. These are their views in like these two ways. And now, kind of to me, the actor fills in the rest of it. The actor brings in the mannerisms, yeah, um, all that other shit, right? Like yeah. actor backstory, the stuff that actors need, right? That's because that stuff is. Um, now, because you can play around with that as long as, like, these two, like, to audience knows, okay, good father, but won't let his wife go. Bam. That's just established. That's true for every character in this movie. They all serve a purpose, and they're all established immediately. Okay, dad, he he, he even has a line in, in the beginning where he's like, right is right. You don't run away from problems. He's like... A, a man of principles. That's why he's not leaving the country and yeah. fleeing to the I'm not States. Just gonna, I'm not just like ditch my dad here. Mom is more open-minded. She sees the better opportunities. Okay. Not open-minded is not the right, but like different priorities. Yeah, I guess, yeah. Uh, the the maid is... It's also not her father. It's not her father. That's true. I like, I know people would be like, oh, how dare you say that? But it's true. But I but, think. but also, you, but you can see how much she cares for the father. Like, oh, she still cares There's about a very like emotional scene when she's leaving and the dad's just holding on to her and it's like... Yes, yes. I, I can tell she feels bad about leaving. This is an easy choice for her. Yeah. Um. The the maid, it's established very quickly. Okay, she's religious and she's like subservient kind of. She like kind of does what she's told, but she like 
has her like. But I, I I do like when she stood up for herself. When he's like, "You stole my money," exactly. she I like that. She's like, "Yeah." She's like, "No, exactly. fuck you. Pay and, me. I didn't do and that shit." Her 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 husband is like kind of like violent, temperamental, and like I don't know, like can't really like communicate that well. Yeah, like he even says like, "Oh, you're you're an educated man. I'm yeah. not an educated man. It's like you're you're getting away with this crime to me because I'm not educated." And he's very like religious too just like his wife but like it's they're so clear and distinct and they have their own set positions that you can't mistake anyone you kind of just let them go and they do what they're supposed to do yeah it's very well established characters it's almost like a you know like there's like uh those games there's this one game um that came out recently um it's like you're on a battlefield and like you're you're fighting these enemies right you choose your troops and there's a bunch of selection and then the game just makes them fight. Right. So like, this movie was that. It's like, let me just pick these characters, drop them into this world, yeah. and let's see what the fuck happens. It's very Cause I, Because they're, their views are so different, they're inherently going to bounce off each other and conflict. Yeah. Just great setup. It, it's a great way to write, too, because like you put like distinct characters in a conflicting situation. Yeah. Okay, what do they do now? And it's good. Be- and to me, this is how most family dramas like operate, where because there's no... Unlike this movie. This movie said... Oh, we're going to have this like suspense plot as well. But most family dramas, it's just we need the people to conflict, right? Yeah. So we're not manufacturing like ridiculous, like sitcom situations for them. So you just have to, okay, I have, I can't have two people that both like vanilla ice cream. The other person has to like chocolate ice cream. Like, oh, fuck you. I like vanilla, I like chocolate. Oh, you fucking asshole. <laughs> fuck your mother. All this shit. Yeah. Look out for that in our next <laughs> short. <laughs> yeah, that vanilla, vanilla conflict. All right. That does it for writing. Last section. Editing. Is this editing? Don't know, actually. Just sound design. Sound design, sound editing, sound mixing, something. Something with sound and something in post, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's just uh, something I like observed when the mom was leaving. Um, at the beginning of the movie. At, at the beginning of the movie, the first time she's actually leaving the apartment and going to stay with her mom, up to this point, the movie has been loud. It's been just like yelling and conflict and talking and blah, 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 blah people going back and forth. It's been loud as fuck. And then... Mom is leaving, and it's quiet, and you just hear the foley of her packing her bag and zipping up her suitcase, and you just see dad watching her and the daughter watching her, and it's just like the first like real quiet moment in this movie, and you feel the the feeling you you get when like your your cousins like stay over for the summer, and then they leave on the last day of summer, and the house feels quieter. People your mom specifically remarks. Yeah. It's way it's, quieter here now. It's, it's way quieter here There's like without a, so-and-so, right? There's like a sadness to it. Like yeah. You feel like... Like, through sound, you feel that these people are gone. Their presence. Yeah. Yeah. It was heartbreaking, and I loved it. It's really good. You like heartbreak? I like heartbreak. I like delivering it. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> You've broken a lot of hearts. I've broken a couple. Facts. I'm not proud of it, but I'm smiling. <laughs> yeah, you're smiling. You're the biggest grin right now. What are you talking about? I'm not proud of it. I don't know why I'm smiling. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, you smile up a lot of uh, situations where you shouldn't be. Gonna cut all this Hulk up. heard some news earlier today. I won't say what it is, but he was giddy as fuck. Yeah. And I any normal as... person yeah. would be put in an insane asylum <laughs> for what he was laughing at. But I know why he was laughing. And we can't say why, but it was amazing why he was There's laughing. There's inherent comedy in life that's hard to ignore, even yeah. in the sad moments, is all yeah. I'll say. That does it for our talking points of a separation. Great movie. Uh, one of my, Ashkar Friday's one of my favorite working directors right now. 
he looks like my father. And I <laughs> he love, does look like your dad. He yeah, he does look like your dad. Yeah. I love him very much for that. Um, <laughs> and yeah, we, we just love him on this podcast. Um, yeah, that, that does it. Do you want to sign us off? Yeah, sure. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. For uh, Where are you guys in Iran this, this week? Uh, I love dates. You love dates. Uh, your women are very attractive. Actually, yeah, like I'm, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of Irani women. That, that like Persian shit, it, it does it for me. Thanks for listening. You guys got nice rugs, I've heard. <laughs> Sit on your rugs. Put in your AirPods. Listen to this shit. Thanks a lot, guys. All right. Bye, 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 bye.